Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. I've come to a realization in my life that I can appreciate, I can appreciate the times that I can look back over my life and realize that I was stupid. Because here, here's the reason why I say that. There are a lot of people who still abide in stupidity even though they are years aged and they don't recognize that fact. So to be able to look back at your younger self and say, man, what was I thinking is a blessing from God because at least we recognize that we have matured to the point that we can recognize our folly. Because if we continue living in the same patterns and the same methods and, and the same way that we've always lived and nothing ever changes in our lives, we don't mature, we just simply age. And, and I'm thankful. I, I look back, I, I have, if I were to print everything that I've ever uh, produced as far as sermon material and things like that, I have, I have three ring binders this thick in my cabinet in the office, like volumes of them, of sermon notes that, that I've crafted over the years. And it's, it would take yay long on a library shelf if I were to put them all out. And I stopped printing sermons at about 2013 and started using digital. So for the last almost 10 years, I've just done the digital thing, so I don't have all that. But sometimes I go back to those older messages and I pull them out and I, I read through those notes and I, I look at those things, Lee, and I just go, what was I thinking? <laughs> this, is, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever read in my life. You know, and I'm thankful because I, I feel like in that, that I've, I've grown to a place now that I can look back and I can see the error. And, you know, one of, one of the things in life that, that I've looked back on and appreciated was in the seasons of life when life began to change, when transitions came in and, and you begin to be stretched in a different way and you begin to have to discipline your life in a different direction and, and all the changing responsibilities, changing routines, changing disciplines. One of the things that I can always remember my mom saying to me when, when those changes of life would come in and I'd have to transition and move and pivot, you know, as they say, I, I, one of the things I can always remember my mom saying to me, she'd say, listen, it's just part of growing up. It's just, it's a part of growing up. When you, when you no longer spend summertime sleeping till noon, but you're getting up at 5, 30, 6 o'clock in the morning and going to the fields to work, it's just part of growing up. When you, know, when, when you, when you grow up and you get married and, and you begin to have kids and, and shit, responsibilities begin, it's just part of growing up. You've been through those seasons, stations in life where you're, you're moving into new fields, you're moving into new seasons. In fact, you're, you're maturing and you're growing and it's just part of growing up. You know, sometimes we don't always like it. I mean, I, I dearly loved my Nintendo. Come on, somebody. But responsibilities change and we can't spend as much precious time together and it's just part of growing up. And, and you know, in the... In the Christian life, there are certain things. Let me tell you this. Let, let's parallel here for just a minute. 
If you are 15 years down the road from where you started, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, it doesn't matter. If you're dealing with the same garbage that you were back in the day, then all you are is an older Christian. Not necessarily a more mature believer. And, and there's some things in the Christian walk in which we engage that for you and I, if I were to counsel you this morning, you'd say, Pastor, I don't necessarily like giving up my Sunday morning to come and assemble with the saints. I, it's a discipline for me. It's a, it's a difficulty to get everybody here. Pastor, I don't necessarily like setting aside time and sacrificing every day for daily prayer and Bible reading and, and studying to show myself approved. I don't, I don't necessarily like serving I don't really want to serve but let me tell you this as your pastor as your shepherd today hey it's just part of growing up it's just a part of growing up and sometimes when we recognize where we are and we realize where it is that God's calling us to we then understand that some disciplines have to change in our lives if we're going to grow if we're going to mature we've got to set aside some things to embrace some new things the Apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I set aside childish things. Because I knew that the Lord was calling. Paul knew that the Lord was calling him with an upward call. He had an upward trajectory. I want to tell you today, church, you are a people with the, with the potential of an upward trajectory. From wherever you are right now, the Spirit of God is calling you up. The Spirit of God is calling you higher today than you have ever been before. There is more of God for you. There's a greater anointing in the Spirit for you. There's a greater purpose for you to fulfill than you've ever known before. But we've got to grow up. We've got to grow up in Christ Jesus. Now I realize this in the ministerial context even because as I shared a little bit earlier about my notes, I can remember sometimes reaching out to some respected and elder pastors and you, know, you encounter new things and, and you're walking through different seasons and all these things. And, and I remember calling these guys up and saying, hey, I'm walking through this thing. And, and I expected them to pat me on the back and, and just console me and, and, and just encourage me. And, and they did in a rough kind of way. But basically the translation of what they had to say to me was, hey, it's just part of growing up. Welcome to pastoral leadership. It's just part of growing up. Get with it. Get over it. Move on. It's just, it's just part of growing up. And, you know, sometimes, though, we, we have to, as I said, we have to engage in different disciplines if we want to grow. And you're here today as a spiritual discipline. If you come into this place today, maybe you came in this morning, you didn't feel like raising your hands. You didn't feel like worshiping the Lord. But as a, as a matter of spiritual discipline, 
You said, God, you know what? My praise for you is not contingent on the situations around my life right now. My praise for you is not, is not contingent on my preferences in this moment. But my praise for you is contingent on who you are. And who you are is constant. And who you are is sure. And who you are is solid. Therefore, Lord, I will bless the Lord at all times. And I will praise you in this moment. I will praise you through the storm. I will praise you through my likes and my dislikes and I will bless you because I want to be bigger than being defined by what's going on around me. It's just part of growing up. But you know, there are physical hazards associated with spiritual disciplines. And the physical, physical hazards are this. As a matter of fact, we might even say that there are pharisaical hazards associated with spiritual disciplines. And that is that sometimes we can make so much of the discipline. The, we make much of the written codes. We, 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 you know, we applaud ourselves for the long prayers. And, and these are the people that Jesus was always confronting, you know, most of the time in his earthly ministry for, for, for doing these things but not having their hearts in the right place. And, and most often the same ones who held such a high standard for everybody else around them didn't hold themselves to that same standard. And they never, they never reached that point in life. They never reached that point in their walk with the Lord where they could look on it themselves and realize where they had been so wrong. So all that made them was old, not mature not the spiritual geniuses that they counted themselves to be but they were blind jesus matter of fact called them blind empty void of life a a a vestige of something that had no sustenance and you know what what you and i need to understand about the things and the transitions and the things that we must endure sometimes to grow spiritually is that spiritual disciplines are not an end to themselves. You didn't come to church today to be able to check off of your list that you attended church today. If you get up and read your Bible tomorrow, you should not get up and read your Bible tomorrow for the sake of being able to check the box that says, I read my Bible today. If you spend any amount of time in prayer today, tomorrow, the next day, the day after, it should not be simply for the purpose of having engaged in the activity. Because the, the, point of, the point of spiritual discipline, the daily reading is not to satisfy the checklist. The, the prayer time is not simply an exercise in which good Christians are to engage. The assembling of ourselves together does not earn us special privileges like loyalty cards at the grocery store. Having completed the activity is not the same as having accomplished the goal. I'm going to say that again. Having completed the activity is not the same thing as having accomplished the goal. Because we can go through the motion of the activity day after day, week after week, month after month, year over year, and still never accomplish the goal. The emphasis is often on the doing of Christianity. But true biblical emphasis is not on the doing of Christianity, but rather the being of a disciple. Being a disciple. 
As a matter of fact, if you look back through church history, it was not the disciples, it was not the apostles who identified themselves as Christians. They identified themselves as disciples and apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, they were students of their master. They learned from him. They patterned their lives after him. And it was the outside world who then looked on at them and called them Christian because they patterned and resembled the life of the one they said they followed. In other words, they were engaged in spiritual disciplines that was helping them grow and helping them mature as believers. Listen, just because you study the Bible, the purpose of that is not for you to be able to quote scripture or boast an extensive prayer life. The exercise of spiritual discipline and discipleship are to give space and to give time for heaven to inform earth. For the spirit not just a spirit, but the spirit of God to inform my carnality and my natural mind that left to its own resources are at enmity against God. It's, it's for me to set aside for some moment and recognize and say, God, I know that in myself I'm not enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not righteous enough. I'm not moral enough. I'm not decent enough. I'm not good enough of a person. And what I need right now, Lord, more than anything is for the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit to invade my space right now and show me things in my life that need to change. Show me thoughts in my head that need to be eradicated. Show me the things that need to change in order for my life to reflect Christ it's a time for the spirit to inform our carnality because the mind the mind is at enmity against God and it, 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 we need to submit ourselves to spiritual discipline so that the spirit of the Lord can can challenge those thoughts that rebel against God in our lives it's, it's, it's allowing that heart that is hardened towards God to be informed by the Spirit of the Lord. It's for the purpose of being transformed into the likeness of Christ. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians 4, I want to share with you a very familiar passage of Scripture this morning. It's not our key text today, so you can go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 11 also. But I want you to listen to this. This is the purpose, the sum total of what we're trying to achieve here today. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Listen to this. For the equipping of the saints. How many saints do we have? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. In other words, there's a, there's a mentorship, there's a training, there's an apprenticeship that's going on or should be happening in the church at all times whereby the saints are being equipped, the saints are being challenged in the work of the ministry. So there are, there are constantly new disciplines that are being infused and engaged into our lives, and, and we're, we're pursuing these things, and here's the reason we pursue these things. It's not to fill a sanctuary. It's not to, it's not to, to do, you know, have the greatest programs or the slickest stuff, but it's for this reason right here. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, the perfect man, to the, me to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 
In other words, you and I are here today as a spiritual discipline and you are receiving instruction, instruction and I have prayed and sought God for this moment so that together we can grow together in the knowledge of the Son of God, pattern ourselves more after him until we are found in the likeness of him. It's part of growing up. Now, one of the key things, one of the key elements of growing up is this, that as you begin to grow up, responsibilities begin to change. And everybody with a mortgage shouted. <laughs> things begin to change. You, you become responsible not only for yourself, you become responsible for other people in your household, other people in your family, providing meals and, and, and cleaning clothes. And Y'all, I'm tired. I might have to sit down for a minute now. I just, just thought about it a little bit. But responsibility begins to change. And, and here's the thing, and here's a hazard, and I just I feel so passionately about this. As a matter of fact, I've, I've had this message in my heart now for probably a month or more, and I, just, I was just waiting for the time and the moment to be able to share it. But I'm, I'm really passionate about this point here because there, there's, a, there's a, a definite, distinct hazard for the child of God in this generation. And it's this, that we live in a generation that continually presses acceptance. Nothing, it, according to the world, nothing should require self-denial. Yet in Luke 9, 23, Jesus says, if any man is going to come after me, let him do what first? Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow after me. In other words, we don't want disciplines. We want to cast off restraint. We shouldn't have to deny ourselves anything. We shouldn't have to deny the lusts of the flesh. We shouldn't have to deny our wants and desires. Nothing should deprive you of gratification. Nothing should, if you listen to the world, nothing should make you feel shame or remorse. According to our society, the only thing that should bring you shame is if you confront someone else about their immorality. Then you ought to be ashamed of yourself for pushing your views down everybody else's throat. How dare you be so narrow-minded and judgmental? Nothing needs to change. You just you accept how it is and you just move on and that has generated a society of people that seldom does anyone ever claim responsibility for themselves. If you have a problem, you can medicate it, you can have surgery for it, you can receive counseling for it, but for goodness sakes, don't assume any responsibility for it. Blame somebody else for it. If you do wrong, blame your parents for it. It was their fault anyway for the way they raised you. Blame the neighborhood for the environment you grew up in. Blame those around you who didn't help you. But for crying out loud, don't take any responsibility for it yourself. And what, we've, what the product of that in the world has been that it's spilled over in the church and now we've got immature believers that run from church to church to church to church because somebody couldn't spoon feed them spiritual maturity on a Sunday morning and they run from place to place to place claiming that they're not being fed. 
But they claim no responsibility for the fact that the Bible is laying on the shelf with a half inch of dust on top of it. It hadn't been cracked. Their knee hadn't been bowed. Their eyes closed in meditation before the Lord one second. But it's somebody else's fault that they're not growing spiritually. And we have a responsibility. And my, my word to you today, if you don't get anything out, else out of this message, if you could leave here with just one thing today, it would be with the impression that it's not the people beside you. It's not the people in this pulpit. It's not anybody in your realm of influence that is responsible for your spiritual maturity more than you are. We live in a world where nobody ever accepts responsibility and when you never accept responsibility, you never mature. Some of you know those people. Their birth certificate says they're 50 years old. Their behavior says they're 13. You know them? How, how, why are they that way? They refuse responsibility. They refuse responsibility. Now, wait just a minute. <laughs> Somebody said, who are you thinking of? Just, just keep that to yourself, okay? Just sit on that for a minute. And what's true in the physical context is true in the spiritual context as well. Age, age is not that large of a factor in the process of maturation. Like I said, you can be old and immature, but you can be young and wise beyond your years. You know, I, sometimes I'm impressed working with some of these younger folks over here on this, on this far right wing in that I just look at them sometimes and say, man, I wish I'd have been that smart at that age. Because I wasn't. I'm going to tell you what, Steve-O has learned a lot of stuff. I have a degree in D-U-M-B, right? Age only presents opportunities for growth. Growth is accommodated by accepting more responsibility in life. And this word is explicit to us about our responsibility in our spiritual maturity. And if we're going to grow and we're going to mature in the things of the Lord and as believers and not be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine and every little snide comment that somebody makes towards us, then we have to grow up. And, and this word calls you and I to the responsibility. You are never called to make yourself righteous. You are never called to, for, to earn yourself forgiveness from any sin, but you and I are called to examine ourselves, to be honest about our spiritual condition, not relative to the standard of my neighbor, not relative to the standard of the world around us, not relative to the standard that the media presents before us, but the word says that Jesus suffered, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. He is the standard. And I am to come and present myself before the standard of Christ and measure myself against the stature of Christ and see where I'm lacking. 
And when I see that, sometimes it requires me different disciplines in my life. And I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. But it's just part of growing up. It's just, it's just part of growing up. And this revealed standard here for us, it's the person, it's the character of Christ, it's the fruit of the Spirit. You, you guys, you've ever heard of the fruit of the Spirit? Listen, the, the fruit of the Spirit, and I, I'm, I'm as Pentecostal as the next guy, and I'll tell you like Paul does, I pray in tongues more than you all, but, but here's the thing, can I tell you that? That is not the fruit of the Spirit. Your ability to speak in tongues, your ability to have a prayer, that is not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is peace, love, joy, gentleness, all the meekness, self-control. Those things are fruits of the Spirit. And when we, when we look on at the limbs of our lives and we find it spiritually barren of the fruit of the Holy Ghost, we've got some changing that needs to happen. There, there's some pruning. There's some things that need to be cut off of our lives. There's some cultivation that needs to occur. There's some fertilizing. There's some spiritual sustenance that needs to get in the soil of our lives and be absorbed through the roots so that when we stand up the testament of our lives is that we are anointed of the Holy Ghost and we are bearing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives it's just part of growing up and when we do that the Bible calls us to behave responsively when I examine myself in light of Christ then the word calls me to behave responsively to that and, and there's a term that's used often in the New Testament. It's, we, we say that we're to put off and we're to put on. And that's not a work that we do because sometimes we get all legalistic about that thing and we, we just give ourselves the merit badge because we didn't do something that somebody else is doing or we did something that other people aren't willing to do. It's not about a legalistic sense of do this and don't do that. It's about being obedient to the Spirit and allowing Him to produce His fruit in our lives. It's about yielding ourselves to the power and the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives to, to change us and to transform us more into the likeness of Christ. Are you with me this morning? We, we, have, we have people in the church who, who walk, not necessarily this church, but if the shoe fits, okay? But we have people in the church who walk after the patterns of this world and they've been led to believe that it's an okay thing to do sometimes when it's not. And, and we make light of the things of God in this generation. And we, in the church we, we sit around and we wonder why nothing's sacred in our world. And the truth of the matter is nothing's sacred in our world because nothing's sacred in our churches. And as goes the church, so goes the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Don't tell me how bad this world is while you're entertaining immorality of this age and you spend more time with that than you do meditating on the truth of the Word of God and engaging in the spiritual disciplines that are going to move you from where you are to where God's calling you to be. Now, if you don't appreciate what I'm saying, I promise you, you can find a church that would never say that to you. But I love you too much not to say that to you. I, I love you too much to, to not say that to you. I, I, don't, I don't get a thrill out of changing spiritual diapers. 
I don't mind it when you're new to the faith. But when you've been in it for 30 years, come on, somebody, you ought to, you know, you ought to be beyond some of those things. Amen? We all want our prayers heard. How many of you want your prayers heard? Well, I want my prayers heard. I, w- I want God to hear me when I pray, but I can tell you this, that the Word says that if we regard iniquity in our hearts, He doesn't hear us. If we're regarding iniquity in our hearts, the only prayer that God hears that we pray then at that point is, Father, forgive me. But all this business about bless me and increase my territory and all, no, uh uh-uh, save it. You're not going to chase after the world and please the heart of God and find favor of God all at the same time. It's not going to coexist in you. You're going to have to engage in different disciplines. You're going to have to yield. You're going to have to take on responsibility for your spiritual maturity and grow up in the Lord. We all want to go to heaven, and there's, there's nothing we can do to earn it. But we will have to decide if we're going to love Jesus more than our favorite sins because the Bible says that without holiness, no man shall see God. Unrighteousness. Unrighteousness. Listen to me. Unrighteousness, I don't care who approves it. I don't care who ordains it. I don't care who blesses it. Unrighteousness will not have a place in the kingdom of God. And that's not defined by a church council. That's not defined by some group sitting somewhere around a table. It's defined right here in this word. And, and in our society, people are blessing things that God has cursed and cursing things that God has blessed. And it will not stand in eternity. We, we want to walk in victory, but we can't walk in victory when we're allowing the defeated things of the kingdom of darkness to rule and reign in our hearts. We can't walk in victory when we're allowing lust and pride and envy and malice and wrath and hate and discord, partiality and prejudice, greed, and the list goes on. We can't walk in victory while we're allowing those things to rule and reign in our hearts. We can't walk in victory when we're spending more time communing with the defeated things of the kingdom of darkness than we are consuming the word of God and spending time in the presence of the Lord. We consume murder and adultery and fornication and sexual immorality, demonically inspired, irreverent and blasphemous content, things that are divisive and destructive. And we come to the house of the Lord and pray, Father, bless me. And it ain't happening. I want to ask our ushers to come, and we're going to transition here in just a moment. And we're going to engage in a discipline here for just a few minutes that's just a part of growing up. You may have been to church before, and you may have seen people come by with the big gold plates and cups of juice and little wafers of bread and go through this solemn ceremony of stuff and a lot of pomp and circumstance all around and you say man what in the world why in the world do we come to church and take a little cup of juice and a little crumb of bread and stand around and and do all this what is the meaning what is the purpose of all of that it's just part of growing up you say well I don't know because I don't necessarily feel any different when I get done with it well you've been doing it wrong The activity is not an end to itself. 
The activity is a means to a different end. The activity is a discipline wherein we avail ourselves some, a few moments of time to allow the Spirit to inform our carnality. It's an exercise in the discipline wherein we allow the things of heaven to inform this earth. And in just a few minutes, we're going to observe the Lord's table. And guys, you can come on make your way down this morning. And again, you, you may be thinking, why, why did Jesus take things emblematic of his broken body and shed blood and say to us, do this in remembrance of me? Again, it's just, it's just part of growing up. And in this next few moments, we're going to be confronted with an exercise, again, that's not an end in itself. Come on, guys. But it's an exercise that is intended to lead us to deeper places in Christ and to help us grow. We're going we're gonna to grow in our appreciation of what Jesus has done for us. We're going to grow in our faith as we learn to rely more upon the finished work of Calvary for our victory than our own goodness. We're going to grow in our understanding of our position of Christ. We're going to grow in our hope as we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And by this exercise, we are to grow in our stature as mature men and women of God as we examine ourselves in the light of Christ's atoning sacrifice for us. Now, We've said a lot about spiritual disciplines, and discipline is a daunting word in this generation. I know that. But when you reflect on the words of Christ where he says, No man takes my life, but freely I lay it down. Was it for sins that I had done? He hung upon that tree. Would he devote that sacred head for sinners such as me? And the resounding answer is yes. Yes, he did. And in light of his sacrifice, what manner of person ought I to be? We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.